Welcome to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. Now here's our mama. Hey y'all, welcome back to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. Today I am so excited to have a fellow dating coach that you guys may be familiar with. Her name is Dr. Diane and she is the back to love doc on Instagram. That's how I found her and I'm sure glad I did because I just really love her posts and she's always inspirational in what she says about dating and relationships in general. So I'm so happy to have her here virtually. So welcome to the show, Diane. Erin, thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. Well, I am so happy I found you through the Funny Batch, who is just mm. <laughs> a joy. Of she's fantastic. Yeah, she's a joy. <laughs> such a joy. I mean, I just, I've become such good friends with her, and we have the best time. I don't know if you heard our episode together, but if you haven't, definitely take a listen. Um, that is I will. a lot of fun. But I want to get into how you became the Back to Love doc and kind of your passion as far as why you're doing what you're doing now. Just a little bit about yourself. Sure. So Erin, um, I tell people I, was, I have two stories, my professional story and my personal story. So I am Dr. Diane Strakowski. And because my name is so hard to pronounce, I thought, well, I need a shorter, catchier name. <laughs> um, and I really want to help people get back to love. Because I think in many ways, we lose ourselves oftentimes in relationships. Mm -hmm. And we could have had perhaps a negative experience in our life. And as a psychologist, I like to go deep into that. But I also want to provide what I call date therapy, which is kind of a combination of coaching with therapy to help people figure out what their issues are and help them get to a better sense of themselves. But the truth is, I've been doing psychology. I've been licensed psychologist for over 20 years. So I have a really varied background. I mean, I've worked with depression, with anxiety, with OCD. I'm also a couples therapist as well. So I did my postdoctoral training at Stanford. I have been licensed and working in California for 21 years now. So I've been doing this a long time. Oh my gosh. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. I would consider you being a forefront expert on dating relationships. So I'm just so thrilled to have you here. We're going to ask you lots of great questions to get some great tips and advice on dating and a pandemic and all of that. But before we get into that, did you grow up in California? No, I didn't. Actually, I grew up in Chicago. Part of this leads me to my personal story about the second part of why I do what I do which was actually, I moved to California for a fiance. I was young, I was in love, uh, I met this guy, He, I met him in Chicago, but he got a job offer in California. And so I followed him and then started graduate school here. And then of course that relationship broke up, but I wanted to come here any other way. So that was a big part of my platform too, is to teach people to not do what I did. And to <laughs> learn from those experiences because I have dated a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. I got married later in life. And if only I knew what I know now, I could have saved myself years of heartache. And so that's the reason why I do what I do now, which is to try to help women save them from some heartache. I relate and, to that um, so well, so well. Yeah. And I'm sure many of people listening, you know, as well do. I dated all through my 20s. I didn't marry until I was 32, I believe. And I'm so happy that I waited and just dated as many I, people as possible. 
I married at 43, so I have oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, much later. And, and so when I say I dated hundreds, I really did. And I was on a mission. Um, but I also, you know, as a lot of single professionals, you kind of delay things too. And I kept thinking, right, right you'd have more time. And God knows the process of graduate school was very long and very arduous. And it was hard. It was just hard to get it all in. It was hard to blend all of that. So, you know, in hindsight, too, I would have gotten on it sooner, um, but I just didn't have the bandwidth, I think, to do all of that. That is a lot to take on. And what yeah. at what age did you come to California when you left Chicago? I was 24. Okay. Oh, yeah. So I was just a baby. Oh, yeah. I was engaged to be married again, you know, wow. in love. I ended up finding my fiance cheating on me. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, it was a pretty tragic thing. In fact, I even have a course right now, How to Get Over Your Ex. And I've been writing and talking about this lately. And it sort of churned some stuff up for me, right? Like remembering back to what that was like. And, you know, it helps people to know that you're not alone. Absolutely. Someone has, right, been through it. They're on the other side of love. Mm -hmm. I'm writing a book about all of this and trying to combine uh, some of my personal experiences, but also lead into attachment theory, which is really what I teach people to learn about themselves, which is something that's been around for a number of years, but it's getting more notoriety now. Oh my gosh. I it's love figuring that. Out and we will at the end make sure everyone has your yep, information yep. and all of that, because I know people are like, how do I get a hold of her? So Diane, I want to talk to you a little bit about the dating atmosphere right now. Being in a pandemic, yep. you know, people yep. contact us, ask, what is the safest way to date right now? Yep. How can I meet the love of my life in a pandemic? Yep. Is it even possible? I'd love yep. to get your idea on that. Well, I work with people every day on this and I'm coaching people. And, you know, I have to say in the beginning, what was really kind of amazing. So I say in the middle of a pandemic, what I've seen for couples as well, it's kind of an existential crisis, Erin. The crisis is if life is short, do I want to be alone? Right. And so a lot of people have been freaked out. Mm -hmm. Or if life is short, do I want to be with you? <laughs> and right. I hate to say it, but a lot of couples are falling apart too, because yeah. with so much time together in quarantine, it's brought out a lot of stress. And if you're not a good couple managing stress, it's been hard. But amidst all of that, I call it COVID courage. <laughs> that what's had to happen is that you have to actually up-level your dating game, which is to be a better communicator, because all you have really is your communication. Right. Right? Yeah. And before, right, when people would get physical pretty quickly, which was hard for women, that I know a lot of women who actually have appreciated this more slowed down kind of version of get to know you mm -hmm. before we get to that point. So I don't think it's all been bad. In fact, I have had some amazing love connections and relationships of my clients meeting people that they wouldn't have put themselves out there before. So I don't think it's all lost. I've seen a lot of great couples, but it is slower for sure. So are you surprised by the number of couples that, especially like celebrity couples, you know, people that are just in the limelight, are you surprised seeing them break up or is it just no, kind of, I'm not. Okay. I'm not surprised at all. I think what happened was there was a problem to begin with mm. and the quarantine just kind of forced its hand. Right. And I think it just exacerbated the problems more. 
so yeah, right. Like on Bachelor, for instance, we've seen a lot of couples that are breaking up and yeah. I'm not surprised. And we actually knew this was going to happen because even in China, sort of that after the first wave of the pandemic, they had a ton of people going to the divorce attorneys all lined up. And some of those were in motion. But honestly, the courts are all backlogged. Oh, wow. So we're not even going to see these numbers. But I'll tell you what, I am totally predicting that this year, 2021, is going to be huge for dating. I'm telling everyone, you're going to want to get online. I don't know if you know this, but the biggest, the number one, do you know the number one day of the year to get online? It's the first Sunday of the month. And so this year, I think it'll be a little bit more dwindling into January, but think about it, right? People get through the holidays with their old person they are with, but now they start having this renewed kind of energy, like, well, Mm -hmm. what now? Mm -hmm. And so people break up and then get online. Mm -hmm. And back to the data, I always like to share statistics. So how people, how do they meet? Well, pre-COVID, People, like 40% of people would meet online, 30% of people meet through friends of friends, 11% at church, 10% at work, 9% would meet at bars, and the rest were random. So those were the stats. But now, during COVID, everybody's meeting online. Right. So there's nothing else, right? Your friends are not setting you up. You're not going to bars, well, unless you're in Florida. (laughs) then a lot of people are still going to bars. Right. But you're not going to church. Most people aren't. So, and you're not going to work. Right. Um, So we really have limited the number of ways, but dating apps have been up big time. They've seen a huge increase since COVID. And so they're happy. Um, but that what that requires is a certain level of skill to be able to date online. Like oh, you, you need, right? You need some communication, relationship skills to be able to write a good profile, get mm-hmm. some good pics of yourself, and then actually start that whole dance of contacting someone, arranging things, getting on Zoom. But people are going on dates. They're going on outdoor dates. They're going on hiking dates, at least in California. Yeah. Right, where we both live. Yep. Um, the weather's great here. So it hasn't changed that much. But when you do get to that intimacy point, what I'm seeing couples do is both people getting tested on the same day. Yep. Right? Yes. I've got, mm-hmm. and, and I've got older couples too. I've got couples in their 50s and 60s who, cute as it is, they're both arranging to go get their COVID test on the same day. <laughs> I love it. Well, when I had Rudy and Julia on from Listen to Your Heart. Oh, yes. Yeah, they were talking about this, how, you know, is this guy worth getting a COVID test for? And sometimes, you know, they just weren't, right? But if they were, I mean, to them, it proved to them, hey, this guy's really interested in me. It's like another level, right, that you reach with that person. So there's something. So the couples that are getting together, there's something called fail fast, right? Like that's the COVID courage part. And the other part of it is you need to be able to ask pretty intimate questions that you might not have had permission, so to speak, to ask, like, who's in your bubble? Are you Mm, dating other people? Right? Are you intimate with anyone else? Because I need to know if like my life is in jeopardy and my health is in jeopardy, right? Yeah. I have to ask that question and I have to be comfortable enough 
to also answer that question back, right? Like we all have to take care of one another. Mm -hmm. So we have to be really truthful and honest about what we're doing. Right. Yeah. You don't want to have someone lying to you and, you know, find out that's, oh my gosh, devastating. Yeah. And people are also getting ghosted and all of that is Mm -hmm. happening as usual. Right. But I think for the couples that are making it through that first kind of six to eight weeks, which I think are really a crucial kind of period where you're checking it out. Yeah. Those couples, if they can get beyond that, I'm seeing some really great connections with some really up level of communication. I mean, we saw that on the recent Bachelorette. Mm hmm. That's very right? true. People are lonely. They want connection. You know, seeking connection is a normal human experience. And it's been so hard, especially for the extroverts, to be alone. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I mean, I thought I was a social butterfly, but I have loved kind of just being in my little bubble. Mm-hmm. And I think just having the live show that I have, I'm still yeah. connecting with people, right? So yes. that's what's fulfilling my social butterfly need, if you will. So it's oh, just, I, I, it's I'm funny. here with you. Yeah. Erin, I've never been busier. I'm on Zoom with all my clients. So I feel really connected, <laughs> really connected. and I get overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. And I am still in my little bubble and not doing much otherwise. But, right. Uh, and the truth is, it's actually been a, a very productive year for me to get lots of other things done. Exactly. So I, I think I think some singles have appreciated that too. Some quiet time, some downtime, some time for personal reflection. But what I also tell people is now heading into 2021, I have a five-step process. Can I share that with you? Of course, please do. Okay, so the five steps, I tell people, write this down. One, you need to have a vision, okay? You need a vision of where you're headed because you can't find what you want if you don't know what you want. Mm -hmm. And this is a key step. People will just unconsciously kind of get online or get on Tinder or just start swiping without any focus whatsoever, And then what happens is you get overwhelmed because you don't even know who's in or who's out. Right. And now you're reacting and responding to everyone else instead of you driving the process. Right. Mm -hmm. And God knows I I could have used some vision myself. So you (laughs) need a vision. And I have my clients write, literally make a vision board, like go on Pinterest, start pinning some things that is your future vision your future for next year, but then five years and then 10 years. Do you want a house? Do you want babies? Do you want a dog? Start visioning those things because people who have a vision are more likely to get it. Absolutely. Okay. And look at it. Okay. So just don't make it, but like, look at it often. And then when you're dating and you see this guy and you compare it to your vision, do they fit? Yes or no. Right. Right. Yeah. You're putting it in the universe by doing that. Okay, step one is vision. Step two is your strategy. Okay, so if that's your vision, that's what you want, how are you going to get it? Are you going to go online? Which apps are you going to go on? I tell people, go on three dating apps, okay? You might start asking your friends again if they have somebody to set you up with, if if they know that that person's safe, but Mm -hmm. nobody wants to take that risk, right? Right. You might go back to, okay, are there any other online networks I can tap into? Or does my work have anybody else? You know, are there any other ways? We used to have happy hours. We're not really having those. But your friends still know other people too. So tap into that. But you have to have a strategy. Because the problem is once you get beyond your 20s, right? Like in college, you can easily meet a ton of people. Mm -hmm. But once you get beyond, what, early 30s, where are you meeting these people? 
they're like they're not going to fall in your lap. You're going to have some kind of dating strategy. And then I tell people, get even more specific. You need to allot a certain amount of time to do this. You know, you, it's, again, it's not just going to happen on its own. You know, go on the apps, be active on the apps, like other people, start conversations, because that's what it's going to take if you really want to be intentional about love and find love in 2021. Oh, dating online is a is a full-time job. It's, it's, it is. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. But, but, you know, I hate when he, people hate to think of it like an interview, but it actually is. Yeah. And you are interviewing this person for a very important position in your life. You have to give it the space and the time that it needs Mm -hmm. to then benefit from that. I mean, the truth is all of my dating paid off because then once I met my husband, I knew that he was different. I knew that he was special. Same. Because I I had a lot to compare to. Yep. I tell people it's a numbers game. You know, you just have to keep going out there. You and I agree. And the truth is then once you actually know that, you appreciate it. And people who have met their partner online actually tend to be happier because they put effort into it. Mm -hmm. So the data speaks for itself. So that's two. Then then step three is where I come in. It's a positive mindset. Hmm. And mindset for coaching or psychology, it's called cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm -hmm. We tend to, I take the anxious thought, for instance, if you have an anxious attachment style, you have a lot of negative thoughts. Like I'm bound to be rejected. Um, I'm not good enough. He's going to dump me. Um, He won't appreciate me. I can't, he won't accept me. We take these negative thoughts and we reframe them to be something at least neutral, not positive, but neutral, because you just don't say like, I'm great. That's not going to be a helpful thought, right? So you have to have a positive mindset of success. If you think that it's a scarcity model, like there's no good men out there, well, then you're not going to find any good men, right? Right, right. You have to have an abundance mindset. Like there are a lot of good people out there. I just need to find my person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's step three. Step four is you have to be tenacious. You cannot quit. I said, if you get tired, you get overwhelmed, take a break, but don't quit. <laughs> right. Right? Regroup, revamp, do some self-care, take care of yourself. Maybe you went at it too hard. It's kind of like the same thing with diet and exercise, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you, like, pulled a hamstring. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you did too much. Slow down, regroup, and then then go at it again. But, like, you can't quit. You can't quit on your goals. And if you want to get married and have children, you've got a time frame. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I want to know what you, t- what you would tell someone who has had several broken hearts, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of back to back to back. That's so hard to tell them, Oh, just get back out there. I mean, it's, it's hard, right? Yeah. They can take that time to regroup and kind of self-reflect like you said, but what other advice do you have for those people? I hear that well, so much. Here's, and this was my whole series on, on how to get over your ex. The truth is in your mind, the fantasy was that the relationship was perfect. And in your grief, you're coming back to having nostalgia about it. You're idealizing what you thought it was, but it ended. And partly you have to address the reality that it wasn't what you thought it was. Either you ended it or they ended it. And you don't know the meaning of that yet, 
but by continuing to hold on to that, you're actually blocking yourself from finding something better. Mm, okay. I like that. So the really interesting thing, Erin, is back to attachment styles. The anxious person tends to blame themselves a lot. Mm-hmm. It was my fault. I was too much this, not enough that. And they get stuck into obsessing. And then they also get obsessing about what if. Well, what if you went to therapy? What if we got back together? What if we gave it another try? Right. And now you're obsessively thinking about this, about, because you just don't want to let it go. And now you have fear that there's like nothing better out there. Right. You are actually in your own hell, really. Mm-hmm. But the secure functioning person, A, doesn't take it personally. B, knows that there's lots of great people out there. And C, they get right back out there. And that's how I teach women and men to be that secure functioning person. Like, it's not going to work with everyone. And, you know, let's say you had to date 100 people, right? Hopefully you don't. (laughs) But if 99 of those are not going to work out, okay, half of them might be you decide they're not right for you. The other half, they decide they're not right for you. You can't look at all of those as personal failures. Right. Right? That's back to mindset. You have to say, like, I'm not a fit for everyone. That's fine. Like, not everybody's going to like my page. Not everybody's going to want to follow me. That's fine. They're not my people. So you have to have a certain kind of resiliency. Mm -hmm. And the fifth step is actually flexibility. You have to be flexible in dating. And that's the problem is that people get kind of rigid, right? They'll say like, oh, my ex was a triathlete. I'm never going to date another triathlete. (laughs) Right. Okay. My ex was a blank. I'm never going to do that again. Well, sometimes you need to actually date outside of your type, right? Because people get locked into these very rigid ways of thinking, and you need to actually be more flexible because the person you're going to be with is going to need to meet your needs, not your wants. And for long-term success in relationships, that's what it comes back to. It's not like I want him to be six feet or taller, right? That's a want. I need him to be emotionally available. That's a need. Mm -hmm. And so you can't have a huge long list of wants because sometimes the package is not what you think. But if you want to be satisfied for a long-term relationship, you need to have, A, the communication skills, and they need to be meeting your needs. So true. And that's when you've got a chance for success. And you see these other couples, they kind of got obsessed with the want. I want to have a family. I want to have kids, right? You you know the couple who recently got is getting divorced yeah. on, on The Bachelor, right? That was driven, what I saw, is an external desire. Now they have those things. And, ah, maybe this person didn't meet my needs. And so they're not talking about that because maybe they don't even have the words for it. But it wasn't meant to go the long haul because they didn't actually connect on those things. And that's from usually rushing too fast. And that's part of reality TV is that the outcome is to get to a conclusion fast, right? Yeah, for and, sure. Ugh, it's fraught with problems. But it's entertaining. Because right? <laughs> <laughs> drama is, sells. <laughs> that it is. Yes, I that know. It is. And we love watching. We sure do. Thank you. That five-step process is incredible. I'm going to listen to that and re-listen to that and share that with friends. And please, everyone listening, share it with anybody who can benefit from that. I think that is just 
a huge plan to success right there. So thank you for sharing with sure. us. It's absolute gold. Deal breakers. Let's talk about deal breakers. Yes. So yes. what and red flags. So those are two different uh, things, but I know, yes. <laughs> I don't know what you want to tackle first, but um, yeah, go for it. Just what, whatever's on you your know, mind. You know, this is the thing. I, I think, you know, we can talk about deal breakers. Like, Hey, I'm not going to be with a smoker, right? I'm, I'm not going to be with someone who's a different religion or political views. I mean, and, and, and the point is they're subjective, right? I mean, that's based upon what you think or what you want. So red flags, I tend to think of as signals that somebody's not attending to you. Like we're in a relationship and things are going great, but all of a sudden they check out for long periods of time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like that's a deal breaker slash red flag. Like something bigger is happening there. I have written many posts even about yellow flags and and the amount of content I get back. I mean, people get very defensive about this too, right? Mm -hmm. Like what if I said a red flag or yellow flag is someone who's chronically unemployed, right? Like, okay, right. Then the person will be, if that's them, they'll say, oh my God, like they'll be defensive about that. Well, what if I have a mental health problem? What if all these other things? And, and that may be true. So we have to look at all of that. We don't want to judge who the person is, but you have to know yourself well enough to know what you can't live with, right? That's right. the problem is there's no such thing as like, there's this checklist of red flags. I mean, for Pete's sake, there's TV shows about getting together with ex-convicts while they're still in prison, right? Like, <laughs> That's true. Right? One might say, maybe you shouldn't be with someone who's in prison. That's a red flag. But other people might find them attractive. And I'm not someone to tell you what is going to work or what isn't. Maybe that person, now you know they're not cheating on you, right? Right. They're well, in prison. I think that one that comes up a lot is, you know, when you're dating online and say you just started talking to someone on a um, dating app and they yeah. ask you for more pictures and more pictures and more pictures. I mean, I feel mm-hmm. like that's kind of a red flag as far as maybe they are more interested in like a physical versus like an actual relationship. I, I totally agree. And I think, so if we just said to me, that's like the ick factor, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, but, but what I, because I'm a psychologist, I'm always curious about the behavior. So I would say, Hey, John, you have 12 pictures of me and you keep asking for more, right. like what's up, right? <laughs> so to me, that's an opportunity to communicate. Okay. And then to say, hey, I feel like, John, you're just curious and what my body looks like. And every day you're asking me what I wear. That's kind of icky. Like, are you only looking for, again, have some COVID courage. Are you only looking for a hookup? Right. Because I'm probably not your girl. Like, you just have to take what the red flag is. And then talk about it. Okay. Because what if he says, oh, I'm just visual and I really like your style and I, I think you have nice clothes and I want to see what you're wearing. Like, wouldn't that be an incredibly different response? Yeah, for sure. But the problem is with too many red flags, people are so quick to judge other people. And so there's something else that I talk about in dating, Erin, which is called the paradox of choice. 
there's a famous book by a, a psychologist, The Paradox of Choice. Just with the more options we have, the less likely we choose any. Mm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Think about it. It's kind of a supply and demand. And the problem is online dating has created such a supply of people that we think that we're going to get a bigger, better deal one swipe away. Right. And with more options that we have, we are less likely to choose any one. And we tend to treat the options that we have worse. Right? Interesting. Yeah. So think about it. Like if I, why are designer handbags more expensive? The perceived value, but there's fewer of them. Or when something goes on sale and there's a limited number, you want to be the first one to get it. Right. 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 But the minute something is at Target, and you know that it's accessible to everyone, you don't really want it as much. It's not as valuable to you, yeah. It's not as valuable. And that's the problem that has happened, why online dating has been a blessing and a curse, is that the blessing is, right, that I can meet people easily from my home in my bathrobe. But the curse is that the people that I do meet, I don't treat as special. Mm, It's almost too easy. It's too easy. And so all the women that I know hate online dating because they don't like feeling like they are a number. Mm, Yeah. They don't feel special. And so I literally, one of my thoughts, but I could never execute it, was that we would have a Tinder sit out. Like all the women would get off Tinder at the exact same time. (laughs) You you stopped the supply. Right. right? And then the men would have to perk up right? Look at what happens on The Bachelorette. You've got one woman. The supply is one. Now you increase competition. Mm -hmm. All the men are going to have to level up right? because there's only one. And that means your best part is going to come out to because you want to win, right? Very true. And and that's why Paradise is so different because there's so many, right? There's, There's equal men and women for the most part. So the competition's a little less, and they have more fun. They get to see each other more and interact more. I think it's more real life. I do. Of course. Except for, of course, right, there's still roses and all of that. But, yeah. So the problem with dating is that we need to stop treating people like supply. We actually do need to start treating. I say at some point you got to go for quality over quantity, right? Mm -hmm. You, You have to really value each and every person that you meet because your time is valuable their time is valuable and and give you got to go all in on everyone mm-hmm. like yeah. it's better that you have fewer options that you really before you even start to talk with someone you've already decided you have some things in common not just you like their pictures or they're pretty or they're hot right you, you got to see that there's something more here right yep because you're investing time in this person and it's your time too and then you move forward with some sense of intent then you can get through it and then that's when real connections can be made right well and yes and that's why i loved the whole concept of love is blind and i'm sure you watched that yes yeah yeah and i i did a ig live on that one too i loved it because they didn't know what they looked like, right? And we took out the whole superficial piece. I thought yep. it was great. Yep. And I wish there was a dating app like that. I mean, I would I love, do. I would love yeah. for them to be. And of course, when I tell my single friends that, they're like, oh, hell no. I, you know, I want to make sure I'm, there's chemistry and I'm, can, you know, I'm attracted. Yeah. And I'm like, 
Well, yes. I mean, eventually you'll see them, you know, you'll see what they look like, but you at first want to make sure that you guys have the same ideals and, you know, you have, like you said, vision, like on my first date with my husband, I put it all on the table. I told him exactly what I was looking for, exactly what I wanted. And I didn't scare him because he was like, you know what? That sounds good to me. Like, let's see where this goes, you know? And Mm -hmm. we were literally together from our first date. So I just, I tell people just do it, you know, just tell people what you're looking well, for. Don't be scared to do right. that. Erin, and that's the whole point that a lot of people aren't going to have the courage that you had. And if you're anxious, you believe that you're so, you're too needy, right? that you're not going to be authentic. And so the problem is why there are so many blindsides is that I pretend that I'm the cool girl. Okay. I <laughs> pretend that I'm the hot, cool chick, that I don't have many needs because mm-hmm. I'm so I have a lot of shame about being needy. So I show up like this cool girl who doesn't really care. Mm-hmm. All right? right. Now we have sex and we're in a relationship and the guy's still checking it out because he's a guy. He hasn't committed yet, mm-hmm. but she's gotten attached. Now, all of a sudden, she is crying. She's upset. How come you didn't do this? Why did you see your friends and not me? And he looks at her like, who the hell is this? Right. 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 And so you now wasted your time and his time. Had you been just more like you and put it out there, well, then you could have just gotten to it. Right. right. Yeah. And and maybe, you you know, you would have found out, hey, this isn't my guy. And That's then you right. go on and you meet someone else. That's right. But don't have shame in what you want. Your vision's your vision. Don't right. change your vision because you think you're going to play some game and try to get him to come along to the vision. Yeah. Like, don't. That's the whole point about even having more courage nowadays is you got to be able to just put it out there. Exactly. Like, just say what you want. And be authentically you. Be yourself. That's absolutely From day right. one. <laughs> from day but, one. But the things that we're talking about are harder if you've got trauma. It's harder if you have a history of your own parents didn't give you that. And according to my data, because I have a lifestyle quiz, Erin, I have 40,000 people who have taken my lifestyle quiz. Wow. What percent of people do you think are insecure or secure? I'd say half. Okay, well, the data used to say half, but my data says 73% of people are insecure. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and I believe it, right? Think about it. If the divorce rate is 50%, a lot of people are getting divorced because they have insecurity at the basis. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, we're going to see those problems in dating as well. And But you don't have to be perfect. You just have to actually have it together enough because in a good relationship, then you can actually become secure. It's called earning your security. And you can go from being an insecure person to a secure person if you now start to get the needs met that you weren't getting met when you were younger as a child. This honestly brings tears to my eyes because when I met my husband, he was so insecure. He had he had, yep. had so much infidelity in all of his oh, relationships. Yeah. Yep. And I showed him that he could trust me, that I was, you know, mm-hmm. going to be loyal mm-hmm. and faithful and mm-hmm. we will be married 10 years, you know, 2021. So but he was so, he just was like, there's no way I can trust you. Like, there's just no way. Yeah. I've been burned yeah. so many times. Yeah. But yeah. it's true. You can earn that back. And that just, that's one of my greatest achievements. That's my whole concept of back to love. You can get back to even something better than you had before. Right. Back to like the innocence. And, and you have to like love like you've never been hurt. 
because when you are so bundled up and we've also seen this on contestants on the bachelorette where you freeze because you're so scared you don't see that like that's what the person is seeing and like is there enough for them to invest in you to even get to that point of healing right because if yeah. you're so locked down that you don't let somebody in because you're so distrusting you got some work you got to do yeah, for sure. And, and those are the people I work with, which is let's talk about how, how many times you've been hurt. Let's talk about how you haven't been able to trust people. What will you do? Because a certain amount of this, if you give your power away to everyone else, you'll get hurt again. But like, are you failing yourself? Are you not showing up for yourself? Are you not validating yourself? Are you not calming yourself down? Right. Because otherwise you're getting over attached too quickly to this other person. Mm-hmm. Right. At the end of the day, you right. You got to be your own person too. This person's not going to be your savior. Right. They're not going to complete you. I hate when people say that. No, you have to be complete yourself. That's right. Is it you know be a ten, look for a ten. Don't be a zero, looking for a ten. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So this is this is what I do. I mean, this is my passion, helping people with these questions. Like you know, what does it mean that I didn't hear back from him? I have to say the other really interesting thing. I just had a client yesterday and. She was on um, Match.com, and what I love about Zoom is I can ask people to share their screen with me. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And I couldn't do that before. Like, if I'm sitting in a session, I wouldn't have people bring their laptops in and share their (laughs) screen. So I get to see, like, all this communication going back and forth with all the communication bubbles. Wow. Right? And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. So she had been, like, answering all these questions that he didn't even ask right like she had like four responses to his one little thing and of course he hasn't followed up with her and we know why right Right. yeah because it was just too much too too soon Mm -hmm. but because she got excited like oh my god finally someone I'm attracted to right and now she's already like, oh, crap. She's like, I'm never going to hear from him again, am I? I'm like, probably not, but let's just learn from this, right? Oh. And, but these are the painful lessons, and then that's yes. going to make you a better partner for the next one. Right, right? but that wasn't her person, because I always say you can't scare away the right person. I What I told my husband on date one should have scared the shit <laughs> out of him, but I, he was my right person, right? So you really, sure. I feel like you sure. can't scare away that right person. You have to be yourself through and through. I agree. Now, you could scare away an avoidant person who would go, oh, what the heck is this? She's crazy, right? True, true. Because that's their response. But that, to your point, that wouldn't have been the right partner for you because they wouldn't have been able to calm you down or or be your person. But, right. but people have a hard time because there's what we want or what we think we should want versus, again, what we need. So it's, it's complex, but this is why dating is hard Um, because there's so much ambiguity from the beginning. You don't know where you stand. You don't know that they're dating six other people. Like on the bachelor, at least you know what the competition is. (laughs) Right. It's in front of your face. Uh It's right in front of you. And so you kind of can see it, but like in online dating, you have no idea. Right. You have no idea if they're back and forth with their ex. You don't know that much about them, and you do have to bring it. You you do have to be your best available person right from the beginning. Yeah. No, it's so true. Right? You only get one shot. And I'm like, you know, best foot forward. I mean, I've had men who have literally said to me, like, you know, she showed up 
you know, women think it's cute to be in their sweatpants all the time, especially now. God knows I don't even wear pants anymore. I wear my sweatpants. <laughs> but I wouldn't show up on a date like that. Oh, no. Right? No. But women do. And the guy was like, eh, she didn't put a lot of effort in. Right. Right? You showed me these pictures online where clearly you had makeup on and you looked great. But you yes. show up this other person and you squeezed me in between yoga and a friend. And right. like, how do I think that I'm anything? Right? No, that makes sense. That completely makes sense. Well, I cannot tell you how insightful this has been. I cannot wait for the people in my life who are single that need to hear these words, hear these words. It's just, it's incredible. I cannot thank you enough. I do have one last question because we just love The Bachelor. Yes, of course. Which couples that are still together today, who do you think will go the distance? Who are you really like? That's a solid couple and it can be more than one, but I'm just curious who you are kind of like rooting for. Sean Lowe and Catherine, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, those three kids of theirs are just precious. <laughs> I really, I, I adore them. But, you know, they were really sweet from the beginning, right? She wrote mm-hmm. little cards and letters, and um, Sean was smitten with her. And I, I thought he really handled himself well. He right? did. Yeah, he was a great bachelor. Um, I love them. I still, I mean, the first couple, right? Tristan and Ryan, mm-hmm. right? They have three kids, right? Yeah. Love them. I do like Jade and Tanner. Yeah, they're super cute together. They're super cute. Their family's super cute. Yeah. God, I mean, there's lots more. I like Rachel and um, Ryan. Brian. 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 Yeah. You know, I like them as a couple, but I can totally see why a lot of other couples did not make it. I totally, I get why like Caitlin Bristow and Sean didn't make it. I predicted that. I was like, nope, that's not going to work. Oh, interesting. Um, oh yeah. I have, I've been blogging about this forever. I mean, I literally have old blogs on my website about like, I just didn't see that was going to work because he was a jealous type right from the beginning oh. with Nick and all of that. Yeah. I'm like, true. oh no, 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 no. He seemed really <laughs> insecure. Caitlin's a, a force to be reckoned with. I like her. Oh um, yeah. I think, I think Jason is a much better fit for her. Caitlin and Jason are a power couple. I adore them both. I really do. I'm going to tell you, I hope that Tasha and Zach make it, but um, I got to be honest with you. I'm a little bit nervous about a couple of things that he said on the show. Oh gosh. Tell me. My only worry. And I think I said to you, somebody that knew Zach from high school wrote to me and said that Zach did not have a brain tumor first. Do you know that? That's right. Yes, you told me that. Yes. So the worry is that why would you lie on such a national stage Mm -hmm. that he spun that story to make it look better for him? And Tasha is such a no-nonsense person. I think the question is, if you lied to me about that, are you lying about other things? So you're, you're saying that the tumor came from the continued drug abuse then? The drug use was happening first. Got the it. way he made it sound was like I woke up one day with a brain tumor and then they gave me meds to handle the brain tumor and then I became addicted. But the right. story is right. that he had the addiction problem way before the brain tumor. Okay. okay. And so why would you lie about that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so then my question was, well, did he tell the producers the story? Did they tell him to like make it Twist different? It. But I don't think they tell you to change your story that much. Even uh, Zach's ex came out. Did you read that? No, I don't think I did. Okay. On E! News or something, Zach's 
ex, who, by the way, she's already pregnant and with the, her oh, next yes, guy. Oh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Right? Mm-hmm. But, but she said, you know, there's some things about Zach's story that, that, that don't, don't come together. Up. Yes, now, yes. Now, I read a lot of the comments, and people are like, come on, lady, move on. But the truth is, if I was Tasha that would plant enough of a seed to say, are you being honest with me, and why? There was so, everything else was so positive. Right. I just hope this couple can get through that. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll Because, you know, and I'll tell you what, Erin, my whole goal was at some point, I even hashtag myself, the bachelor psychologist, hire <laughs> me. I'm your couple's therapist. <laughs> hire me post when the couple gets together and they're in the real world because we'd have, you need help to get yeah. through these tricky things because let's face it millions of people are invested in your story yes right? and i've heard the show does not provide that and they absolutely That's should the problem so you need to tell them that they need to hire me <laughs> because that's my jam i'm yeah. a couple therapist and i don't really want to stop the drama right people that's why people watch but you want that couple to be successful of and they're going to need some help navigating post cameras right in that tricky area oh yeah for sure you have proven to be an expert like i said on the <laughs> subject and i think that you'd be an amazing addition to the show i cannot thank you enough for joining me please tell everyone where they can find you where they can sign up for your classes all the details sure everything is on back to love doc.com okay it's all spelled out b-a-c-k-t-o-l-o-b-e-d-o-c.com I'm on Instagram. I'm just starting a YouTube channel. I've got like eight videos that are coming up soon. Oh, great. I've got a course, how to get over your ex. I've got another course, um, how to know if he's the one. It's a longer course about really figuring out who you are, who they are. How do you, it's a really complex question. So I have three hours of video to help you figure this out. Wow, incredible. But it could save you years of your life. Of course, an amazing resource. Yeah, absolutely. in January, I'm going to be doing a free workshop for people on how to be intentional about dating in 2021. And I am then going to announce my next course, which is how to be intentional about dating. So oh my gosh. I love it. I've got all these things coming up. I'm just getting started. And um, again, I give couples advice too, because you're not single forever. Absolutely. Uh, Let's hope not, so, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just no, but you need help into the next transition and how to be more secure in that relationship and then how to partner better and how to create a, a you know a loving relationship that's going to take you the long haul because you don't want to just have a first date you want forever right absolutely that is the goal that is the goal that's the goal for well, first date to forever i would yes. love for you to come back when we are in the midst of mat season to get some insight oh, on yes. what's going on you are incredible i cannot thank you enough you guys i hope you love oh, Aaron, what a joy so fun Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. I've totally enjoyed myself. Thank you so much. Take care, be safe, and you guys always stay cozy. Till next time, we'll see you later. Bye. Okay.